Welcome to our podcast series, Building Great Small Businesses. And today I'm privileged to be joined by Hugo Davidson, designer, innovator and founder of NOG. Hi, Leigh. Thanks for having me. Hugo, I wonder if you could start by telling us a bit about the company. A background in industrial design and developing and consulting for a whole range of other companies and understanding really what the sort of products that they that they needed meant that we we really got to a point where we needed to do or we wanted to do that ourselves. So we wanted to take a lot of the learning that we'd had uh, in manufacturing products uh, and apply that in a very, very simple industry. So we chose the bike industry predominantly because it was not as competitive uh, back then as it is today. It was full of generic Chinese products um, and we could see a niche where we could actually make a difference. So um, difference uh, and uh, really can be considered as a level of innovation, I suppose. So we applied what we knew best, which was really a design philosophy to uh, to this particular category of products. And really it meant that when we got and started releasing these products into the market, that everyone looked at them and said, these aren't typical of what we see in the industry. These are actually quite unique. Uh, and it was because we weren't, we didn't basically come from a, a biking background, we came from a design background. So Hugo, I think you've just struck on something really interesting there, which is when we talk about innovation, I think we often think of technology it doesn't sound to me like innovation to you means just technology. No, I mean, innovation for us is about uh, creativity. It's about um, making sure that, that the creativity can be applied effectively. So that can really be a, uh, suitable for any aspect of the, the product development life cycle. So you need to be creative in, in the way that you conceive the products, that you identify the categories and the differences. Um, you need to be able to implement those strategies and actually put them in and and innovation can actually even be in the way that you implement. You're going to manufacture them locally or elsewhere, the distribution channel, the logistics, all aspects of what we try to approach, we try to deal with differently. So can you maybe just give us and our listeners some context around creativity and innovation and putting into into practice in a building a business concept because sure. I think that's sometimes a challenge for us to think how creativity is yeah. translated into business outcomes. So one of our most successful products um, which was developed was a very very simple bicycle light and it was basically um, a product that we called the frog and it was probably would have been developed 10 years ago. So at that point in time we were developing a range of other products uh, for uh, a different company in a different category that was using um, silicon, flexible silicons. And so we took the uh, the technology and the material technology and we applied that to a product that we uh, were developing ourselves and came up with a very, very simple um, product which was completely unique. That in itself developed with that, there was a, a whole range of uh, branding and naming uh, requirements that were considered. The, the overall approach meant that uh, it became very successful. I think in at this point we'd probably sold over three and a half million units of that particular product. Um, and the, the sole, uh, I suppose, significance of that material change spurred what other people would have seen as a unique or an innovative approach to what is a very, very simple product. That gave us a point of difference in the market. It meant that uh, when people were looking, consumers were coming along and looking at our product versus the competition, it was an easy choice because there was something that was new. It was something that was fresh and they hadn't seen it before. So it, it was all those aspects as far as the design, the process, the material choice in a category of products which 
people wouldn't expect innovation. They wouldn't expect to see significant difference. So I, I think I'm hearing a really great story about creativity in the design of the product. And then I'm hearing a story of we started 10 years ago and now three and a half million, which is a pretty amazing number to have sold. Not necessarily an overnight success. I wonder if you can give me some context of who the we might have been to start with and sure. how you become so, how you start from being small to become inevitably quite we, big. Um, well, within our business, we uh, certainly there was a business partner, Malcolm McKechnie and myself, um, and we had a small team of people who were basically designers. We knew nothing about logistics, we knew nothing about supply chain management or distributors or the, the bike industry at all, actually. And we just wanted to develop products and, and for ourselves rather than for other cons- other people. So we wanted to, to, to move from consulting. And in doing that, we then looked at a whole range of opportunities that were there. So we uh, looked at different categories of products and we were thinking about everything from sex toys to baby products. Um, and and in, in doing that, we were trying to find a niche that there was there was no, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to really grow. One of the guys who worked for us actually had worked in the bike store for many, many years and said, this is a category of product which, which just doesn't have any innovation. It's always the same. Um, and so we we left the sex toys on the uh, on the living room. Uh, My next question was going to be: Is it important <laughs> to develop a product that you're passionate about? Yeah. But I'm not going to ask that question now, Hugo. No. So, so we just found that that was a category that really had um, you know a lot of interest. It also it also meant that we we did a massive matrix on a wall based on the uh, the sorts of customers that we might try and expect. Um, and their disposable income and the opportunities that surrounded those particular customers. And we found that there was a niche there that wasn't being addressed, which was really about consumer, uh, sorry, c- commuting cyclists. And so we targeted our products to those particular customers and, and it, it did take off. It was one of those things that um, uh, it, it allowed us to develop fresh products for a new market. So it sounds like having a very targeted product for a customer group that you deeply understood was really important in the evolution of your company. Did you take advice during that course of that? You, you know, mentioned you and Malcolm, your business partner. Who else did you consult and take advice from when you were growing? Oh, look, we worked with a series of other companies, I suppose. We went to um, a number of trade fairs to do research and we met a number of companies uh, internationally that, that helped us. Our first product that we developed, we went to a local bicycle distributor. Um, and they gave us a, a, a whole range of uh, other contacts that we went, then went and, and approached. So um, within the first six months of, of deciding to make these products, uh, I think I jumped on a plane and visited 10 countries to, to look at the distribution in those countries to try and find out whether, in fact, we had a business before we invested all that money. And everyone committed to buying and being interested in the product. Uh, a, a further a trade fair probably six months later meant that we had sales in about 16 countries so it was it was a strategic approach to try and open up the opportunities and it was there was a significant amount of advice from people within the industry we left the advice uh, at one point and decided that we wouldn't pursue all of the suggestions because we wanted to do something which was truly unique and we felt that if we continued to follow their business models their approach we wouldn't necessarily have a solution that was nog that was us or reflected our our abilities so that sounds like a very courageous approach to growing your business 
How did you know whose advice to take and who's not to? I think in the end there was logic in um, much of the suggestions, but I think you uh, have to just, you know, put yourself out there. And and um, so most of the things that we did which we felt confident about, uh, you know, we both um, worked with a number of other companies in a consulting role. And so it, much of it was common sense. Um you know, the things that didn't seem logical, we, we chose not to pursue. Being small and being, I know nimble's a word that is bandied around a lot, but being small means that you can react very quickly. And so for us, we could actually achieve a significant amount very quickly because we could change strategy, we could change direction. So that aspect about starting up a company um, and starting a business was... Uh, was critical that we could test certain things and then if they didn't work, we could try something else. And we didn't, we hadn't invested um, so much money into one particular direction that we couldn't alter our plans and actually do and move in different directions. And I wonder that when, I, when I'm listening to you talk and I reflect on the many small businesses that I have the luck of interacting with and I see how innovative they are and then I reflect on the corporate culture and I see how challenging the perception of innovation is do you think you need to be small to innovate no i think you i think it's interesting we we've grown from a staff of uh four or five uh up to at, at one point about 36 people um and and a lot of those people come in wanting to have a corporate culture wanting to have um com- complete strict structures to ensure that everything is done effectively um and uh i've argued uh, with them on some levels that I think, uh, you know, being true to ourselves is is critical, um, that we need to remain... Uh, the culture of the company is critical with... And that is one of innovation, is one of being able to do things and, and uh, be um, slightly ad hoc in some of our decision-making. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, we don't try to have a level of structure uh, because that helps to implement things. Um, but I think the creativity can be driven by, uh, you know, maintaining a, a small company mentality. I wonder if you could give us an example of something that you've done more recently. I know we've just talked about the way that you now promote your products using social media. Would you describe you've had to take an innovative approach to that? Probably the most recently. One of the things we did uh, was to actually adopt Kickstarter, which is the crowdfunding website as one methodology or one method to actually release a product. Um, so we developed a, a new bicycle bell and we did the bell because we felt it was an iconic product. It was something that was everyone understands what a bicycle bell looks like. But we wanted to change the, the complete aesthetic and the look and the way that that product works. So we came up with the concept and the design. Um, we decided that we planned out the strategy as to how we'd release it into the market and took on Kickstarter as that approach. It was not so much for funding, it was more uh, in order to actually market the release of the product effectively. What was really interesting is that that of the, the funds we raised, which was just over a million dollars for a, a $19 bicycle bell, um, we ended up with 35,000 bells being pledged from 20,000 people in about 98 countries. And... Uh, it allowed us, I suppose, to reach out via social media to a whole raft of different demographics and different people. So 
what was very interesting from our perspective is that we sell all of our products through traditional distribution channels. Um, and those distribution channels uh, uh, mean that you have a wholesaler and a retailer and a consumer, and it works on that basis. So to, to launch a product where the, the product is being reviewed by a blogger um, or shown on uh, an article on LinkedIn or on Facebook and to find that all of the traffic that is driven from those um, social media sites are where uh, 100% of the, um, the backers come from. For me, was an eye-opener because we hadn't considered the power of social media. Because I'm listening to you talk with such great passion about your product, but it sounds to me at the beginning you had a single product, a very clear focus on your market, and now you're 98 countries, great reach. How do you stay focused on the core and delivery for outcomes? I think the passion in the products is where I come from. So that's my background. Um, so each project and each new product or, or each um, business opportunity is considered in the same way as an individual project. Uh, and it's like anything, if, if you're birthing an idea or you've got something which is uh, is unique, then it's very easy to, to remain focused on that and to make sure that the outcome is considered and the, um, the process is methodical. So I think from our perspective, we try to make sure that not only is the, the uh, creation and the, the concept uh, appropriate, but the, that we can implement that all the way through. The excitement remains until we actually get the product in the market and we get our first orders, because that is the point at which you actually realise that there is a, a, there's a, a response that you can measure. And that response then tells you whether you've been successful in the concepting of the product through the production and the quality and all the other things that need, you need to get right. You, a product in our terms isn't successful unless you get a tick in probably 10 boxes, you know, right, right along the, the, the process from conceiving it to having it in someone's hand. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me that we're using innovation in designing the product, but also continually innovating the way that you distribute the product, think about growing the product, think that's, about the way that you market. That's right. The, the marketing, market. absolutely critical. Uh, point of sale, uh, right through to things mundane and very dry topics like you know quality testing, um, testing assurance, and, and working with factories in China. So every aspect of that uh, is, has progressed so significantly uh, since we started the company, um, because you know Chinese companies uh, we used to manufacture in Australia. We find that that's not as uh, as cost effective as it once as once was, and it's more difficult to find production um, technologies that are appropriate to the way we make things. So all of these things have, have changed over that period and um, you have to be looking, borrowing and, and adopting technologies from outside your industry to make sure that you can stay ahead of the game. You've picked up on something that I see a lot there, Hugo, which is innovating the product but then just being really open to creativity and innovation as we're growing as we're marketing but focused on what you need to do in terms of the core yes. in terms of your product yeah. yeah and so you've talked about kickstarter as one source of investment for nog are there other ways that you've needed to think about how you're going to invest in your company and your product to grow and how did you go about preparing yourself for those we're we're quite lucky in that um the process we've taken is very organic. It's been a very organic growth. 
typically. And so we work, we've worked with NAB effectively and your business bankers to, to provide us with the, uh, the flexibility in some of the funding. And certainly, you know, we have no, ex- we had no experience in foreign exchange and all of the, the dealings that we have to deal with um, in working with distributors in, in a number of countries. Um, so that's been a process in itself. As far as the funding of the company, we have a, a business model which allows us to generate the sales and then manufacture the products without keeping massive inventory. So we've, we, we do that by choice so that we don't, we're not overly exposed. Um, but overall, um, it's sort of been a case of looking outside at banks and looking at other people. We had involved, got involved with venture capital many years ago and decided that it's an interesting approach, but probably one that we'll leave, you know, uh, we'll leave behind. It sounds, well, you've obviously been through a number of iterations for the company. I wonder if you could talk to us about a time that you've come in real challenge and what's, where's the resilience come in? What's kept you going? <laughs> oh, how, which, which time? Really? <laughs> Many times. I think, okay. I think you know, business is about the journey. It's not about yeah. the end. And that reality is that, that um, you know, the, we, we entered the bike industry where there was 16% growth um, and we only had uh, nine other companies internationally that made bicycle lights. Um, at last count, there were 59 companies that made bicycle lights. Wow. Uh, and the growth is even had. bicycle lights have disruption. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and and the the industry has um, has moved through the boom and is now it's only what you make it. So you have to to create your own growth and your own uh, opportunities. No doubt that will change, and and there's always ebbs and ebbs and flows. I think that the times when it's challenging is probably the times that we've had to really sit down and and uh, ascertain what's important to us as far as a business and and. How do we overcome the adversity that sits there? It, it does mean reconsidering the, the size of your company. It consider, it, it, you have to look at whether the, um, the approach to capital expenditure and, and more tooling and more products is the way or you should be marketing more effectively. Or um, we've had times where we've taken uh, you know, half a million dollars out of the marketing budget and just focused on social media to find that 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 did impact things and we had to next year put more money back into my so you test things and you try things and you do try to to um to move effectively to balance all that to make the to to generate the most growth in in those times to make some courageous decisions it sounds like sometimes (laughs) we talk about so we have customers and clients that have a massive spectrum of businesses and there will be individuals listening to this that uh, well, I sell fruit and vegetables or I sell food or coffee. How do I innovate and is innovation important to me? As an industrial designer, what's your view on can every company innovate? I think they can. Um, and I think that um, it's, as we discussed earlier, it's not just, it isn't just about the product. It can be about the business uh, case or the way that you adopt new business practices. Um, so uh, I think the reality is that Probably the biggest changes come from you know massive, uh, a, a massive rethink or restructuring the way you might run a business. But innovation can be very small. It can be the way that people um, approach their customers. It can be obviously the way in which they uh, go about marketing their company or selling it or answering the, the phone. Um, you know, there's really I suppose on on many many levels. There's it's it's a scalable thing. I think we always look at the way we do things um, and ask our staff and ask the people who we work with whether we can do it better. Um, and that is, that's a critical 
way of then reevaluating as to whether you are actually being innovative in everything you do or whether it's just that one R&D meeting we have a week where everyone's got to put on their thinking cap and try and be creative. Um, but the reality is that across the, across the business, you know, if you can be thinking about better ways of achieving things, then that's obviously another way of innovating. How do you go about, inst- I want to know for my own role, how do you go about instilling that mindset that actually it's okay to challenge and it's okay to innovate within the company? I think it's all about the corporate culture. Uh, I think it does come from uh, comes from me and it comes from my business partner and others where the opportunity to actually, or uh, we encourage people to ask questions. We encourage people to um, to to be and to control uh, their own destiny within the business, um, you know, and if they're not uh, enjoying the way things are approached, then to actually come back and, and propose alternatives. So it's done on an everyday basis within our business and it encourages people to um, to take on personal responsibilities within the business that, that I think many companies, we're very lucky. We've got a team who, who really do uh, enjoy enjoy that responsibility. Sounds like you embrace curiosity from your team. Absolutely. When they're all very, they are all very curious. Yeah. 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 Is there a key piece of advice that you give people that you can share for us today? It, well, I think there's a, there's a, there's lots of advice um, I could give, but it's probably the most important thing that works for us is making sure that every aspect of our business, um, every aspect of the product development, every aspect of the brand is consistent and it runs through. So when people touch the products, when people uh, read the packaging, they look at the website, they understand and they understand what we stand for and it's consistent. And trying to drive for consistency through everything we do um, drives a level of perfection and drives a level of passion. Um, and that's probably uh, the feed, the good feedback we get from our customers is the fact that they, you know, when they enjoy a product and they see and they smile at the copy, they smile at the website and they understand what we stand for. Um, that makes me happy. I would absolutely say that that is exactly what I felt when I was doing my research to come in and talk to you today was the, the real passion that comes through in anything that's around your product. So Excellent. congratulations yeah, on thank you very such much. a yeah. wonderful story. Do you ever have any time to relax? How do you do it? What What do you do? Do you ever have any time off innovating? I Yeah, I do. I have, uh, I look, I love spending time with my kids um, because a lot of what I do is con- is uh, commercial um, I, I spend a lot of time painting and doing creative other creative things at home which are actually sort of for me not for other people so so that's how I, I relax it's um, it it sort of gives you time then to actually focus and think about the business uh, and work on it rather than in it which is quite a nice way of and important has yeah, that been important absolutely. in your success yep I, I probably do much better thinking when I'm I'm travelling or away than I do when I'm actually sitting at my desk. Well, we're going to go and let you do some thinking now. Hugo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inspiring many innovative entrepreneurs out there and good luck with the next 10 years of success for NOG. Thanks very much, Lee.